This is a Podfire production. This podcast may include explicit themes or swearing and may not be suitable for children. The world is full of amazing people, and once a week, I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum, and this is Awesome Humans. In today's episode of Awesome Humans, I'm joined by Jason Daniels. Jason is the founder and CEO of Australian lifestyle and apparel company, LSKD, with 10 plus years experience in the action, sports and lifestyle fashion industry. It's easy to say Jason is skilled in all aspects of business development. Before all of this, Awesome Humans started off doing a carpentry apprenticeship back in 2005, before founding LSKD back in 2007. There's no doubt this is going to be a really interesting conversation. Looking really forward to this one. Welcome. Jason, how are you, buddy? Good, mate. Thanks for having me. Mate, excuse my uh, nasally tones today. I've got a bit of man flu, and uh, we all know how bad man flu is. It's all right, brother. I know that feeling. <laughs> my uh, two-year-old gave me a cough, but it's it's not almost man flu, but I've got a cough. you got a cough. Oh, that's all right, yeah, mate. If yeah. you need to stop during that, we're all good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm <laughs> mate, good. But thanks whole, for having me. No worries. Thanks for coming in. The whole purpose of today is all about you, right? Great. So I know a lot of people don't like that they don't like talking about themselves and all that sort of stuff. So I'm slowly I, learning. Hopefully, to get we better. can drag some of this stuff out here. But yeah, cool. let's start. We start at the very beginning, man. The place we always start is: What's your first ever memory? How far back can you go? Oh, that's a great question. Um, oh, from like a baby almost Wait, memory. When, when, whatever you can go back to. It's really weird when you start. Oh, thinking look, I've got, it. I've probably got a ton of memories. I think one would have been. <laughs> this is a weird memory, but I'm uh, not weird. But I mean, uh, I remember when I was a kid. I, I mean, I grew up doing loads of different sports, from nippers to BMX to soccer to wanting to race motocross and become a professional motocross athlete, and that's where it kind of all started. But I remember as a kid growing up, we used to dig a lot of dirt jumps. Uh, We grew up on five acres, and my auntie and uncle next door had five acres, and we used to dig dirt jumps, and I'd dig up their yard, and they'd get the shits. (laughs) And and then I uh, remember just having this log, uh, like this plank against, uh, was it a bunch of, um, what do they call it? Like, we just kept lining up those hay bales. And I think I got to like 14 hay bales. I was jumping (laughs) as a kid on a BMX bike. I I, I don't know how old I was. I might've been nine or 10, but I think back, man, I was a bit stupid, but yeah. Did you have a helmet on? I think so. <laughs> I just remember my cousins standing around me. You got heaps of cousins, some of Italian background. So there's a, there's a huge family of us, and we all grew up next door to each other. And yeah. yeah, I just remember them all around, like cheering, <laughs> and I was just getting G'd up. And I must have been not even ten, wow. um, but I don't know how that came to my mind. But I think it's because I have been thinking a lot about the story lately, as it's the brand's really starting to take off. So isn't it funny though when you ask the question that you're not expecting, yeah. and you sort of sit back and go, oh, because what'll happen during this? Yeah, process? I just want to talk about that. I don't That's know why, cool, isn't but, it? Yeah, yeah. But as we go through this process, all these other things are going to pop in your head. It's really yeah. cool. It's a really cool experience. Where were you born? Uh, Brisbane, QE2. QE2 Hospital. Yep, local. So my parents, my mum's, well, um, my mum's side's Italy, from Italy, yeah. uh, and my dad's side's from New Zealand. So and I was they, born in Brisbane. Were they born here or was your mum born in Italy? My mum was born here, Tasmania. Uh, my nono come over from Italy on the boat when mm-hmm. he was young. Uh, he's 88 now, so he's doing amazing. He wow. um, was on the Gold Coast. But... Yeah, so mum was born here and my dad was born in uh, in New Zealand. So, okay. So yeah. you're an Aussie or a Kiwi? Uh, I'm an Aussie, That's Kiwi, Italian, bit of everything, but born in Australia. So, right. so my parents split when I was quite young. So, mm-hmm. Do you still see them? Yeah, I still talk to my mum a little bit, We, um, but not my dad. I haven't spoken to my dad since I would maybe have been... 
I don't know, maybe seven, 17, okay. 16, 17. It's all good. Like, I mean, he, uh, they split when I was young and they, um, you know, went their own ways and then he kind of moved overseas and, uh, did his own thing. And I think he started with a new family and, yeah. you know, that's, he's done his thing. And I mean, I, I actually, to be honest, you know, a lot of people probably struggle and with what actually when their parents put up younger, but I think I've got an appreciation for it. It's made me who I am today and the drive I have of what happened growing up. And I kind of use that. How old that. were they when you, when they split? How old were you? Oh, I was, I, I think I was about 14. I okay. mean, um, when they so split. Not, not really young. No, no. I mean, things weren't good when I was young, like as in like, you know, I think, you know, there's always the arguments that go on when you're younger. Um, Are you an only child or? No, two other brothers, two okay. other younger brothers. So, they, they were a lot younger um, than me, which, you know, probably would potentially affect them a little more being a lot younger. But, yeah, it was, it, you know, it's it was fine. I mean, we grew up on property, so it was, you know, we were lucky think, enough to... Do you think parents stay together longer because of the kids? Um, like, do you think they stayed there? Like, obviously, they're having troubles. Do you think I they mean, stayed there longer during that period? I mean, I've never actually really spoken to my mum about that stuff, yeah. um, but... Yeah, look, I think so. I mean, you see it happen in this day and age. People do, um, you know, they do tend to, you know, do it for the kids, which yep. sometimes could make it a lot worse, you know. 100%. Like, I think it... Mate, because, I'm a true believer. If you shouldn't be together, you shouldn't be together. Yeah, yeah. But you still I, need to look after your kids. Yeah, and I think they're the most important thing. I think if a relationship doesn't work out, you still need to have that mutual agreement around, like, the kids come first and you need to talk to them about what's going yeah. on and what's Keep wrong. In the loop. I mean, the world's changed so much since mm. I was, you know, when I was 33. So since I was, you know, before, you know, I think I was social media hadn't even come really around even when yeah. I was 20. So, you know, yeah, it, it's, uh, I treat it as a big appreciation of what happened. It sucks for, you know, that there's so many broken families, but I think if you use it as a positive aspect and I love how it drives you. Yeah, look, it did. And, I, and my parents always said to me, if you want something, you got to work for it. And that was something my dad used to say to me a lot. You know, I'd see the guy over the road with a motorbike and he'd be like, if you want that, you got to work for it, you know, and he bought that brand new by working for it. Little did I find out it was a old clanker bike that his, his granddad gave to him <laughs> and I became friends with him. I used to ride it. But, you know, it, it kind of still instilled in my head you have to work if you want something. And So what did Dad do back when you were a kid? Mate, he did a – look, he, he – he did a lot of things and he, tried, how do I explain that one? He tried to do a lot of things, but was never very good at everything, okay. any of them in my mind. Um, yeah. He was a painter. He, we had a plant nursery growing up. Um, yeah, look, he did a lot of things. And what about mum? What'd she do? Uh, so she owned a plant nursery as well. So I used to work in that as a kid growing up, yeah. um, which probably taught me to have the, probably the sales skills I had to have in the early days to go on the road, actually thinking about that. But we had a plant nursery and she worked her butt off, you know, out there. We used to do the markets every Sunday. So yeah. Yeah. I'd be out there selling. We used to go get cutting, so I'd knock on doors and try and, you know, you'd see overgrown trees that we'd be planting for that season and I'd be knocking on trying to say, hey, you want me to trim your trees? And we'll put them <laughs> in the van and they'll go back and repot them and resell them. So if I look back on it, um, yeah, mum worked super hard and then she used to work for the business as well. She no longer does now, but she re she was a big, you know, support uh, mechanism in the early days when, when it first started up as well. We're going to get to that, sure. Yeah, I'm sure we are. But, so so, um, when you, yeah. so it's just, I find it really interesting, like, to see what parents parents do or did to then find out what you do. Right? Yeah. I've got four kids and every one of them is completely different. Yeah. Right? And I know one of them will end up being a lawyer, one will end up a, probably not the one I've pinpointed to be that because yeah, yeah. they all it do all, all different stuff. But yeah, and it, it's pretty amazing. Like none of them, or they'll probably one of them will follow in my footsteps and be an entrepreneur. One, their, their mum's more sort of smart <laughs> yeah. and, and stuff like that. And you can just see how they all fit in. So it's really interesting when, uh, when, you, when you talk to someone that, that's in their own business about what their parents did because it sort 
it either gives you drive to do it because they yeah, and we had they it. couldn't. Yeah, you're right. Or we, or actually the, there was no structure there as a youngster to actually then enable you to be open minded. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a, it's a good analogy. I mean, what like mum had her own, like had her own business, and yeah. you know it was it was tough. Like we didn't, I don't, you know, it was never, never went. I suppose to the next level. It was you know running a business is. But hard. you would learn stuff during learned that process. So much. I, I did, I did, I learned so much and work ethic, and you know it, it, it taught me a lot. I think those early days is what shaped me and to the work well, you, ethic. You would I have. learn more there than you would have at school. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I, I mean, I wasn't the best student at school. I, you know. <laughs> so let's go there. Where was your first school? What school did you go to as a youngster? Uh, I went to St. Maddie's uh, through in primary, primary school, school? Yeah, yeah. which is in Logan, uh, Shayla Park. And then I went to. And what sort of kid were you as a uh, primary school kid? Were you naughty? No, were you, I were think... you good, bad, ugly, jock, nerd? Um, I, no, I, I was definitely, I feel like I was a good kid in primary school. I probably was. You know, I, I didn't like taking shit and I, I used to hate seeing bullies, yeah. as crazy as it is. And I, I remember getting to a, bunch, a few fights at uh, school. I ended up becoming friends with them in high school. But we had a few fights because I didn't, I didn't really take shit. I kind of did my own thing and I didn't really listen to what other people said. I just kind of was like brushed it off. But if I heard them say other things about other kids, I'd kind of stick up for them. And yeah. not, not into the point as I just remember as we got into a couple of scruffs at school. But then in high school, we all became really good friends. And it was probably because I just didn't care what people thought um, yeah. and I've always kind of had that mindset. I don't really care. But also, it's the it's the home behaviour you're brought up in as well. Yeah. And, like, I was brought up in a similar situation to you. My, my parents stayed together, though. Yeah. But there was always arguments and fights, as they do, yeah, and that yeah. sort of stuff. And you learn how to deal with that in the home place. And then at school, it's like, yeah, well, that shit doesn't matter, so I'll just go, yeah. but, but don't fuck with my mate. <laughs> yeah. I don't, like, I don't, I, like, I don't know why it, 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 yeah, it just, and it, it was kind of, I did, I don't know, I didn't really care. And it, it's, but in high school, I was, I was a good kid. I mean, I had a lot of fun. I think that was probably... What high school did you go to? Chisholm College. Chisholm uh, College. Is that private or, or public school? Uh, it, it, yeah, it's Catholic school. So it was, it, was a, it was a private school. Yeah. So were you brought up religious? No, no. Just in school? Just in school, okay. yeah. yeah. And were they one of those schools that sort of shoved it down your throat or...? No, 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 oh, that's not good. at all. No, oh, so okay. it, wasn't, it wasn't like that. Um, I know my... Yeah, my... No, no, and I never really went to church. I went a couple of times because I like this girl. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, like I'm mutual. I mean, um, but, yeah, school, I mean, I did. I had a lot of fun at school. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't the brightest kid, and I'll be honest. Like I did numeracy and maths in grade 11, and then mm-hmm. it was maths A. Um, do you know, I wasn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't aspire to want to go to university. I started my first three months out of school trying to, wanted to be an electrician. So I did three months as that. Didn't really like the work environment and didn't think I had it in me. So I left and then worked for a bricklaying yard, running a bricklaying yard with running trucks. And it was almost like learning logistics, yeah. running two trucks for a family friend, sandbags, making sure that, you know, the blocks, there was enough blocks and, you know, working with brickies ringing up and you'd be running two trucks all day, you know, delivering around different job sites for about 12 months before I started my chippy apprenticeship. So... Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I definitely had a lot of fun. I mean, man, I got suspended twice in grade twelve because we just, you know, <laughs> had some fun. It was good times, but yeah, I wasn't the brightest. But kid, you would but learn more working for mum in the nursery than you would have at school. Yeah, yeah, and I think, and I think that's something I've learned now. It's not you don't have to be the smartest person. You just have to have the willingness to learn yeah. and want to, you know, and have a goal to achieve it. And then that goal never ends because once you finish that, you kind of oh, that was done. And then you just it's it's never ending. But you just got to have the will to learn and be around the right 
right people. I think that's really but important. But we also learn in different ways. Right like a lot of a lot of kids sit in the classroom and learn and be educated. Yeah. You sound like you're very similar to me and that's hands not how on. I learn. I'm more hands on. Exactly. Throw me in something and we'll make it happen. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have been, what, an 18-year-old kid doing logistics of trucks and this and that. Yeah, I stuff. think I was 17. I think so, I was 16. Something so. that... that probably adults couldn't do. But the way your brain's structured is that actually that makes sense yeah, you're because right. that's yeah. got to be there and that's, that's got to be there. That's got to be done. 100%. Yeah. Like I did a, uh, a Sparky apprenticeship for three months. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like getting in the roof where the spiders were, so I said, no, fuck that, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. But, yeah, I just didn't like, that wasn't me. I got in trouble a few times actually because I tried to leave work early to go riding my bike. <laughs> that's probably <laughs> Not a good what. idea. <laughs> no, I thought I was going to be a professional motocrosser. That didn't happen, but, um, yeah. So growing up, what was your sport of choice? Uh, look, I did heaps. I mean, I did everything from inline hockey to I did. I played soccer for about six years. I surf lifesaving, um, bowling, everything. But motocross, BMX. I started in BMX, and motocross was like my true passion. I grew up loving bikes. Why? Um, I don't know why. I, you know, funny. I look at this. My uh, my cousin from Italy came over, and I took him riding recently. Uh, he's a big mountain biker over there, yeah. and, and I didn't. I, it was funny because I always thought it came from my dad's side, and we were talking about it. And my uh, my grandparents found out my nono used to race, and oh, really? they've got they've got a bike shop over there. Um, they're oh, all wow. into downhill mountain biking in Italy, and I took my cousin uh, riding at some parks around here. We went out to Hidden Vale riding, doing shuttles, and yeah. I was like, wow, I think this is where the the bike thing from. came out of me. Um, but I don't know. I just loved it. I mean, I road BMX I couldn't afford to race or get a bike when I was younger I had a couple of old you know dungers but it ended up getting stolen and uh from from our shed uh one of the local kids stole it um who used to actually race he's I think he's in jail now but um he stole it and then I got a BMX bike and started riding with a bunch of guys uh that ended up going on and winning three x games oh wow champs yeah yeah a guy called Corey Bowen and I was only 12 at the time and he would have been they would have been 17 18 and they were really focused on becoming um a t- you know, a top going to America and competing in X Games. It was wow. the biggest thing X Games did. And obviously you're looking up to these kids because yeah, they're five and, years and older. And honestly, them, yeah. that helped me so much. I think I, I credit that to not taking the wrong path at school. You know, you can easily find the wrong path, get around the wrong people, yeah, get yeah. involved in, you know, parties and that. And, you know, those guys were super focused on, like, being the best, which kind of made me focus. Was that, a, was that a being the best as in... Uh, as an athlete or as a specific BMX rider or was it the mechanics of the bike that you liked? Um, Do you know? I mean, I wasn't trying to be the bell. I was just enjoying riding with some of these guys. Amazing. And I was like, you know, 12 year old kid <laughs> hanging out like and I was stoked my mum let me um I, I I think these guys I mean they just had a passion for BMX and mm-hmm. riding like skate we used to ride at our local skate park KP um and yeah they just I mean it was just fun you know you'd all hang out there and you just ride your bike it was almost it's fitness as well but yeah, of course you know I was trying to do tricks and you know you'd learn to try and backflip and bar spin 360 all those kind of tricks but I think it was yeah hanging out with them um, at such a young age and getting to go ride places like Narang and I'd jump in their car and you know, go riding with them just kind of taught me that these guys had that they almost had that work ethic that I didn't know what it meant back yeah. then. Obviously now I start to understand it, but yeah, kind of appreciated that it almost helped me shape me for the right path. It was almost like having mentors, but I didn't even know it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I look back. That's as, a blessing in disguise, it, isn't it? Hundred percent was, and I think you know, if kids at that young age can get around the right people at a young age. Yeah. And that doesn't mean from a business aspect. That's from just from a mentorship aspect. in life. Yeah, I think yeah. it's so important, and I really think that helped me because even, even at Schoolies Week, uh, one of my good friends I went to school with ended up winning a lot of motocross championships um, at school, and we stayed at Schoolies together. And I, I remember not even taking alcohol to Schoolies, you yeah. know, which is unheard of. But I ended up 
partying, but I was like, oh, no, I'm not. You know, I want to be a professional athlete. You know, that that's my goal yep. um, to be that. So and is that what it was from the age of 12? Did you think, wow, I'm going to be like these boys? I'm going to be a professional athlete? Um, well, I always wanted to race motocross, and I couldn't afford it until uh, I saved up enough money. Uh, so as opposed to BMX, you wanted to go motocross? Yeah, so I couldn't afford it, so I got into BMX and okay. started to get okay at it, you know, learning some tricks. And it wasn't racing. It was just more tricks and freestyle. Did uh, yeah, I learned to backflip in a foam pit at 12. Never did it to dirt at 12. <laughs> I ended up doing it uh, to a resi a few years ago just to do it. To oh, say really? I could do it. Yeah, yeah, but I don't ride a BMX. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, and um, yeah, I, I think. Um, so well, the aim always was motocross, but yeah, you the aim was on the BMX. Yeah. Is that where most people start? Do you I don't think? Know. Well, it depends. It depends if you can afford it. It's a really expensive sport, and yeah. I think I worked. I worked at the local BP and saved. I think I saved like three and a half thousand dollars. And lucky enough, my grandparents chipped in the other half to help me get a bike and uh, and then you know get some coaching and went to a school like Stephen Gall School back then. And and then from there, um, you know, got into motocross like race at local Stanmore up the road here in Stapleton, and yeah. that was where my first race was. And actually, funny enough, I, my dad actually just dropped me off. Uh, my first ever race meet dropped me off there and left me for the day. How he, old? Oh, I was like maybe 13 or 14. Oh, really? Dropped me off for the day and uh, I just didn't care. Like I was like, I'm racing bikes. I don't care how I'm going to do it. I'll find a way. And my mum came down at lunch, I remember, because she was working the Sunday markets selling plants. So she dropped in for the, for a few hours. I didn't think anyone realised how dangerous motocross was back then. Like it's <laughs> fucking crazy. Like I've broken so many bones, surgeries. So back then, like, are you, is it like on a, on a track? Is it a round track or are you doing tricks and stuff? No, a round track. So it's okay. like a track so that might a be a two, Yeah, like a, you know, stark it'd be 40 bikes going yeah. into one turn and you know you're doing maybe a two three minute lap time um your heart rate gets like max heart rate <laughs> you know you arms pump up it's you know it, it's real physical sport and as a um, 14 year old kid jesus yeah 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 and i just i think it's just like you know it's like i suppose it's like in business right if you want some, or any goal you want it that bad you'll make it happen yeah, regardless of if you can afford to do it or not yep. you just do it and i think for me it was like i'm gonna ride a motocross bike and i love it and i want to be a i just want to be an athlete i didn't I didn't have it in me to become a professional and get paid. A lot of friends around me that are doing that as a sport and get paid to do it. I didn't have it in me. Like that wasn't my, Oh, I probably, I don't know. I don't think I had the mindset. My mindset wasn't as strong for it. I think, you know, I kind of tend to realize that I probably had it more in what I'm doing now with my career as opposed to being that. Okay. Um, and went, okay, well I'm going to focus on building a brand and be the best at that as opposed to, and I still mountain bike. I train, I ran a half marathon last year. Like I love fitness. Like I'm big, you know, love, love exercising, especially for the mental side of things to stay, you know, mentally strong through, you know, work, family, just general life. But yeah, I think it, 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 um, it was just in me. I just wanted to do it. And, and yeah, look, people, people probably underestimate what motocross actually is. People think freestyle and that whole era of what went on in the day with like naked girls on t-shirts and crusty demons. And that, that's actually not, to me, that was a bit of a bee in my bonnet. Like, because when we grew up racing, it was like, you're an athlete. Like, you trained in the gym. You had to be on point. You had to be fit, you know. And, and well, your physical awareness and your mental awareness must be insane. Oh, yeah, it's tough, you know. Yeah. Like, doing a 20, 30-minute race, it's brutal on the body, you know. Yeah. And, and and it is. It's really tough. People think, oh, you just ride around a corner. And I mean, I haven't raced. I stopped riding in 2010, and you know, but I, I still do other sports like mountain bike because it's fun uh, and stay fit. But yeah, I mean, I have an, I, I think that's what shaped 
to where I am today. But at the same time, it was funny. I look back and part of one of our kind of original missions in 2018 when we changed the brand to LSKD was I wanted to change the perception of action sports brands because I really hate the perception and that was put on it because I would never wear that. And it's funny because we look back when we were younger of why we did what we did. And it was like, you were training, you, you know, we still had a bunch of fun. We go to music festivals and have a good time. But when it was race season, you were on, like you were, you know, you were going so to bed no early. No one sees night. that. Though. No, no, no one sees it. And you were going to bed early. You were getting up, you were training in the morning. Like when I was a full-time chippy, I was, you know, before even, you know, LSKD or it was LKI then, um, you know, I was getting up in the morning at, you know, five in the morning, either training, going to work, coming home, training, training, training. racing on weekends. What sort of like, training would you do back then? Is it more weights? Is it endurance? Is I mean, it fitness, I, mental? Back then, I think I was doing a bit of everything. My mum was actually an aerobics instructor. So oh, okay. I I, uh, I used to do a lot of aerobics, uh, yeah. step classes, pump classes, and I used to do it for eye coordination. So when the gate drops for the start, you have to be super on it if you want to yeah. get to the front. Um, so you'd uh, I do a lot of like step classes, uh, you know, which I'd be the only dude in the back of the class That's instead. Right. But, wrong with that. but all that mattered was that eye coordination <laughs> yeah, yeah. for like, you know, when the gate dropped and um, people would skip and do all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'd do that. I'd do pump classes. I would go to the gym and just lift some weights. Um, I'd run, I'd mountain bike. I'd, you know, I think nothing beat time on the bike. It was yeah. just always hard to get time when you were working another job and, you know, because nothing beats riding a bike. And as you say, it's so. an expensive sport. Oh, you so pay expensive. You've got to pay for parts, you've got to pay for oh, wear and yeah. tear. You travel. You'd, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, if you were traveling to a race meet, you know, that was 10-hour drive away, you'd have to stay in a motel, you would pay for fuel there, you'd pay for an entry fee there. If you won, you might get a few hundred bucks that might cover the <laughs> cost of the hotel. Like, yeah, it was, it was, you know, I was lucky enough to have some really good sponsors that really helped me because, you know, when I turned to an apprentice carpenter, you know, you're on 240 bucks a week as yeah, the first exactly, year. Yeah. You, uh, you know, you're living off anything possible to make it happen. And, you know, obviously mum helped a lot to, you know, because she loved going to the races as well. So yeah. it was, you know, we all kind of, it was so kind of, we all she did She saw together. your dream. What about your brothers? My brothers, uh, they both they both love motocross. They probably didn't have it in that, like they, my little brother, my littlest brother, Nick, he raced, um, we raced together. Like he raced a lot. My other brother, Ben, didn't race. He still yeah. rides now. But yeah, we, um, they never probably took it as far as I tried to take it. Um, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was pretty enduring to get to even to that point, just to make it to state pro was tough enough then, oh, but yeah. you know, uh, it was cool. How I mean, how did you I, get? What was, what was your biggest accolade in um, motocross? I mean, I finished like top three in state titles, you know, at expert. Um, Pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, when you're hanging around some guys that are like, you know, winning everything. I mean, there's a young kid, I've been, uh, Nathan Crawford, I've been riding mountain bikes with him lately. He just flew back to Europe on two days ago to he's uh, riding for a factory gym over there and wow. I've known him since he was 10 so it's really cool to see like him come from a 10 year old to now he's I know yeah 23 yeah. um and now you know making it and getting paid to race as a living and he'd it's come training with us just to it's keep a different fit. world now though as well isn't there? there's a lot of money in it now yeah yeah and the sport's changed a lot um I mean I'm not really too deep involved in it now like mm. um I mean it's getting tougher I think in my mind to actually make money out of the sport because it's you know it is you know it's, it, it is expensive expensive sport, something, you know, sponsors are tougher to come by these days. Um, there's not enough corporate dollar out there. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and people are looking for exposure, you know, I thought as a brand now, you know, businesses are looking for exposure from yep. that brand. And I think that's where social media comes to play. Even I think a lot of people these days are going, okay, cool. I love that athlete or love that person. What's his social following like? And then, that's Hey, what's he like? What's he, and what's his personality like? Is he 100%. a community driven person or is he not? Okay. There's, there's more aspects where back in that I was like, Oh, they're they're a great rider or they're a great athlete, 
but they've got to have that whole aspect to it now. Do you know, it's pretty interesting you say that. The same as before, you mentioned about sort of people's perception. Because if you say to me, "What's a motocross rider?" It's like, oh, man, they're living the world. They're loving it. They're like the surfer back in my day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they got the long hair. They're there. They're partying <laughs> every night. They're doing this. They just get on a bike. All that, and that's a lot of perception about what people yeah, yeah, think. Yeah. They don't understand the training and everything. That goes oh no, about. and that's like every and sport. Like X Games, that's insane. Oh, yeah, even the boys that ride, you know, X Games. The amount of work. Like we've got an athlete, Logan Martin, who was going to the Olympics for freestyle BMX. And yeah. I trained with him uh, in the gym a little bit, and he's a beast. He's so fit. Uh, he'll, yeah, he outworks you every yeah. time. Almost, yeah, you, you but that's stay. why he's going to the Olympics. And that's, yeah, that's why he's the best. <laughs> he's of the, I mean, they cancelled this year, but he's the best of the best. You know, yeah. the, the, he's literally like what he does off the bike training prepares him for on the bike, and he treats it completely different as like he's an athlete yes. for off the bike as well as on it. And, you know, I remember like last year after I ran a half marathon, he goes out and runs one and, you know, gets a better time just because, you know, it's like these guys are crazy. But, you know, I think I think that's the thing. There is a every sport to it. It's not just motocross or other oh, no, sports. It's, it's changed a lot. You know, I think everyone has to take it a lot more seriously now in terms of if they want to make it a career and get paid, they have to have that whole package from social media. They're building their own personal brand. They're also then trying to do the, you know, to, to be a top athlete at the sport as well. You have to have the overall aspect of it now. It's just changed so much in the last even five years. It's interesting watching it though as well, isn't it? Yeah, Obviously yeah. you're not doing it as much now as, as riding and stuff, but um, I find it's really amazing. You mentioned earlier you played inline hockey, right? Yeah, yeah. I used to play inline hockey when I lived in London. I loved it. It was one of my favourite sports. But the thing is, no one, a lot of people don't know, know what that is. Yeah, yeah. And, and the fact that now rollerblades are coming back and these things, like they all go in these phases oh, yeah. and stuff there, like that. Oh, yeah, there's troughs of like yeah and like bmx is now starting to on the rise again like yeah. my, my 11 year old boy my the best thing he got pegs for the back of his bmx and he was just stoked yeah like, and just little things like that and i find it really interesting watching this from afar about how these peaks and troughs happen yeah well but, look at look at i even i found out like you can read about i think like the mountain bike stores just had insane growth over yeah. covid because i was like oh i want to get out and ride my bike again 100%. i want to stay fit and ride even just ride down to the park because they were allowed to yeah and the thing what they'll do now is they'll continue to do that because yeah. they they now they're in a pattern that's and they're used to that yeah exactly so did you finish your uh, apprenticeship i did so i did so you're a fully fledged chippy i did yes i am Lucky how long enough. did you last at that for well, I kind of finished it right at the end. Um, funny enough, I, I uh, so I to get into it, I was I worked twelve months for another company. I was getting paid quite well at seventeen, and then uh, I actually rang this guy every week, and I used to have Tuesdays off to go riding, and uh, I rang this guy every week just to get my apprenticeship. And I ended up saying to him, "Hey, I'll come work for you for free. Like every Tuesday, instead of riding, I'll work for you for free. I want to get I want to get a trade." A, Yep. like under my belt and I worked from every Tuesday for free I reckon for three months and I did not get paid once yep. and uh you know everyone says it's hard to get a job right well you've got to you got to just make Have it work yeah. so yeah so he gave me a, he gave me the gave me a job and I was pumped you know I didn't care I was on seven dollars an hour no overtime yeah. back then you know it was pretty ruthless but um I just cared that I was getting an end game of getting my ticket like that's all that mattered and I wasn't even thinking about you know, we had some shirts and stuff because when it was LKI kind of there, but it was until 2007, I was like, I'm going to put effort in. And I, yeah, I, I finished it in 2010 as I went full time with, uh, which was LKI then. Yeah. So I finished it then, but I almost, I had to finish it part time because in 2009, I, 
I was working. Um, it started to slowly get a little bit of traction. We're selling so some take, t-shirts. Take me back. What, what, where did that? Where did this start? Right. So we're riding bikes. We're, we're starting our apprenticeship. So where did the, like so the, the brand branding start? start? When, when, when did you sort of? Did you have a, a one day moment and go, "Fuck, I can make some money out of this"? Well, yeah, yes and no. I never really thought about the money in the early days. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I, look, I was only young, and, and funny enough, was I was riding BMX, and it's uh, it's funny talking about it because I haven't really shared it too much, but I was riding BMX with a bunch of guys with these guys riding dirt jumps and I was the youngest of the group and I was actually coming up short on this jump uh, and you know casing it and as they call it and they're like man you're riding loose today kid and and, and I was jumping the jump was big I can't remember it was like 25 foot double you know and I'm this grummy trying to hit this jump you know trying to step it up and I just remember coming up short and then this word started that was like kind of a word that we used to say like it was like we're at school and we were like oh that's loose hey kid it was just a fun word it was like <laughs> oh that's loose hey kid like oh that's loose and it was just more like a fun word yeah. and then um um, you know, it was back in MSN days and uh, a dude from the Gold Coast that I used to race with said, oh, you should turn this into a brand. And I was like, a brand? Why the fuck would I turn this into a brand? Like, it's just a word. I don't yeah, really yeah. care about it. Like, And then I told a few friends, mom, and my mum actually did help me get the paperwork, uh, the trademark papers to, to sign it. We was like, so this okay, is for well, LKI? Well, it was Loose Kid Industries, right? So okay. that's where it started. So it was Loose yeah. Kid. We're like, Loose Kid what? Okay, well, we'll call it Loose Kid Industries because Industries sounded kind of cool. Yeah, there was no meaning. Makes you sound bigger. There was no, there was no, yeah, there was no strategy. <laughs> It was whatever, like, yeah. and then we're like, okay, we'll make some product. How old are you at this stage? Oh, I was young, man. I was, I, look, I was young. I was 14, 15, yeah. 16 maybe. I was still at school. So mm. I was I was actually still at school with some, and then we just made some hats. You know, we'd go to we'd go to Surface Paradise and go to the $2 shop and buy five, I think it was like three hats for five bucks yep. and then find someone to print on them and then we'd give them to our friends and I actually paid a dude a hat to do my mass assignment in grade 12 even. Uh, <laughs> you know, but it wasn't... And this is LKI. Yeah, so well, it was okay. loose kids. So it's almost... Yeah. I, I said the other day to someone, I'm like, I'm trying to really appreciate the journey. Yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes you don't like to talk about it, right? You're just like, oh, I've just got to get it done. And it's actually almost been three rebrands, you know, third time lucky. Um, and... I was, it was Loose Kid Industries. And yeah. then I got a guy to design a logo for me. Uh, I'm going real deep here. Mm. Uh, so I, I was like, okay, cool. Um, we made a couple of T-shirts. Did you have something in your head like what this thing's going to look like? No, no. You just no, went to a like, and said, hey, buddy, can you get something for me, LKI? Oh, so back then, yeah. So back then we, um, I said to him, oh, look, can you design stuff? So funny enough, my mum, uh, we all go to this local cafe down in Broad Beach where we did nippers and uh, my grandparents go there a lot. And there was a guy there, Scotty Fairclough's wife, who um, – she, had, she was the barista there and he had a garage sale sign that said, and he designed it. And my mom actually gave me it and said, hey, this guy did a cool design. I saw yeah. it. You should call him. So I called him and said, hey, man, uh, do you want to do some designs up for me? And he's like, yeah, cool. So he did like <laughs> five designs. It's like, oh, I think I need something with some chains or sprockets or something cool. Like not, you know, thinking it was more act like action orientated. Not so knowing, are you thinking now, are you thinking BMX or are you thinking motocross I don't, or I don't, not really? I don't really, know what I, I don't really know what I was thinking. I think it was just more like, let's just put some stuff on t-shirts yeah, yeah. and wear it like mm, we cool. wanted to wear some clothes when we weren't riding or weren't going down the coast or yeah. when we were partying you know so and then and then um he gave me a bunch of designs i think we ended up paying like 1600 was so much back then like went on the credit card and and um there was this one logo which was lki and it, it he's like oh you can i'll just throw it in and it was 30 bucks and i was like cool throw it in and then that ended up being our first original logo for the brand from 2007 to 2018 and 
that logo we ended up then. I remember sitting in my friend, a friend it cost of mine. Cost you thirty bucks. Yeah, thirty bucks for this logo. I mean, we spent seventy. <laughs> I love it. And I actually yeah. caught up with him about a couple of years ago. Uh, I lost touch with him, and I caught up, had a coffee with him. It was super yeah. cool, you know. And the guy that designed it. And um, anyway, so we we designed the logo, got this and got on some T-shirts and I was just selling them to friends. I was a chippy. So I was like, I was a chippy then. I think it was like 2008 mm-hmm. now by now. And I was just selling them to friends. Like, hey, I'll, you know, I think it was even sometimes like, hey, give me 50 bucks and I'll give you some teas. Like just get it out yeah. there. And we'd set up at motocross tracks and we'd set up at events and like really work hard to get the brand out there on weekends i was if we were racing on a and when Sunday, you say we who's we so originally it was myself but my mum was really helping she was okay. a big, she, I, 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 she was a big part of it in the early days like yep. without her i wouldn't have got it to where she did all the back end stuff yep. um you know she was a huge help with you know packing the orders and doing that sort of stuff to get it out so then i just i wasn't a designer i probably could have more I don't really can't sit still, so I yeah, you know, don't fine. have the time to design. So and I don't know how to do it. I'm not good at that. So I was like, all right, I'll find some design. We made some t-shirts, and then we, and then I was like, okay, I got to sell this stuff. So we do some events. We'd set up at the tracks. We'd you know try and sell the brand. We'd put it on riders. It was just really organic back then, and 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 a lot of fun, and still is. But it was just really organic, and we just it was it was kind of I'd then if I was racing on a Sunday, say say I was racing at Harvey Bay, I'd mm-hmm. get in the car on a Saturday morning and I'd drive to say a store in Gympie and I'd stop and I'd try and sell them the brand and then I'd keep going because <laughs> I didn't have time during the week. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then in 2009 it started getting started taking a little bit of traction. I was like, well, I need to finish my apprenticeship part-time. I'm like, I have to, like, I need my ticket. I can't afford to do this full-time. I yep. still need to make money. But I was at the same time, like, I can't go to TAFE because TAFE's a waste of time in my eyes. So I had to do it at competency-based because yep. being at TAFE, I wasn't getting paid. So I couldn't, you know, I couldn't live. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll work two, three days a week for anyone. That's a chippy that can sign me off. And I ended up going competency-based to finish the last two years mm-hmm. and then just went part-time. I think it was a year and a half I went part-time for. And I just worked for any carpenter. I ended up roofing for six months, um, doing re-roofs, you know, and, and, and land roofs myself. I was just doing and whatever you I find could. during that when you're actually on the roof of a house, you're thinking, LKI, what can I do next? And all that oh, sort of stuff. Oh, for sure. Like I was... It's just, it's, during, it takes over your whole life. Yeah, it? like I was getting up in the morning and working on emails, trying to, you know, make stuff happen. And then at lunchtime, I was on the phone trying to figure out how to get, you know, it was magazines back then. So I was, how do I get in a magazine? I was building relationships with magazines. I was even became friends with an editor who's still a great friend today. Um, And I was testing bikes for them and doing covers. So I'd have a sticker on my helmet. Like I was doing (laughs) everything and anything. And I was working before work at lunch and after work. Like I was, everything in my mind was like, I've got to get my ticket and I'll work my ass off for Mm -hmm my boss, but this is where I'm going. And, uh, and then in 2010, I ended up breaking my wrist and got surgery. And, uh, back then, if anyone knows combined insurance, but you could get a really good insurance package. So if you broke bones, sometimes you make five or eight grand out of it. Uh, out of a bone break. Yeah. Yeah. So I paid for my first car. Uh, I think it was when I broke my (laughs) collarbone for, um, yeah. And it wasn't like, you know, I broke a ton of bones and we were lucky enough to have this insurance that helped you if you got injured. I don't think it's around to this day. And yeah, so for I, a reason. Yeah, yeah, I lost a lot of money from action sports. But, um, yeah, and I was living off insurance in 2010. I said, you know, I'm not going to go back to work. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just – I've pretty much – I got, I literally got my ticket two months after. And I said, I'm not going back to work. I'm going to – I'll pay myself 240 bucks a week again and I'll just get this thing off the ground. Like, And uh, then we ended up moving into this small uh, a warehouse, uh, lucky enough, in – like mid 2010. Yep. And it was a ride. Like the brand really started to grow. We got into a ton of restyle stores. Still you and your mum? No, by then I had, uh, yep, it was mum and I and uh, um, 
what was it? Scotty, who's actually our production manager today. Mm-hmm. Um, I found him through he built our first website, started part time nice. at home, and yeah, he's doing amazing. And he was like two days a week because we just we were just like, how much can we afford to? pay to get more help if yep. we need it. Um, and then it was like my cousin, Blakey. Um, that's why we do a lot of stuff for cystic fibrosis. Okay. Um, he has CF. And so we do a lot of charity events for CF today. He no longer works at the business now, but it just yeah. got too much for him. But yeah, he was helping weed stickers. We're doing whatever we could, you know. There was no strategy. I never... We were making everything locally. We weren't dealing with, you know, offshore to, you know, everyone wants to go to China. Well, I, we didn't deal with China for the first four or five years, yeah, you yeah. know. Like we just didn't know how to. Um and just everything was just grassroots organic. And yeah, we got into a bunch of retail stores just by, you know, I'd be the one on the phones calling up or going and visiting stores. I would go on the road for a week at a time in Perth and try and sell to stores. I was just constantly. And then Scotty would design the catalogs. Fun. Yeah, I was going hard. Scotty would design the catalogs. I'd be like, hey, we need to do a magazine ad. And he'd be like, oh, I don't know how to do that. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Just do just it. Make it. Like, I don't know either. You're the only one that knows how to design here. Just make the ad. Like, who cares? Yeah. You know, we've got a cool photo. Let's put it into a mag ad and let's go. Let's do it. Let's keep going. So it was kind of like there was no strategy. It was just we were just I just wanted it to be a career. Like yeah, I just was like, how can I turn this into a career and turn into a job? Like yeah. I didn't actually think oh, we're going to turn this, scale this and that whole everyone talks about scale and everyone talks about these crazy things. Back I was, you know, I was 23, you know, when I went full time. Yeah. You know, so 10 years ago and. I didn't know, you know, you just don't know. You don't get, you know, you, you, if you, unless you have some mentors around you at an early stage. Yeah, and course. I had great mentors, but I think it took until I turned, I'll be honest, it took until I hit 30 and I ended up getting around some a really good mentor that built a really big uh, skateboarding business, Penny Skateboards. Um, and I got to meet, it took me about nine months to get a coffee with him, uh, Ben Mackay, and I, I just hassled him for nine months. I was like, I need to find someone that's got, experience in the industry and not have a mentor that's a chippy or, you know, that's still very successful, but doesn't know my industry. I need to learn how to build a brand. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, you know, finally got a coffee with him and he was a huge mentor to me that really helped shape me. And I use those days of LKI as a real appreciation, um, over that 10 plus years of, yeah, yeah, just over 10 years is, you know, we, we really did everything for everyone then. Um, we had a bunch of fun. We made heaps of product, but I would just listen. People would be like, hey, you should make this. Okay, I'll make it. So we're making life jackets. We're making motocross gloves. <laughs> we're making socks. We, you know, we're making pencil cases. We're making everything and anything. We're making rashies. Like our category was just like filled with everything and we yeah. couldn't manage one properly. You know, we we're just doing too much. And I decided we- It's amazing we, it took you 10 years to work that out though. So obviously, because a lot of yeah, businesses well, think, fail after about one or two. Yeah, I and think then back especially then you when could, they go that hard. And I think back then you could do that. You know, it was a different era back then even too. And, and not even back then, it's not even 10 years. You know, it's, you're yeah, talking yeah. 2012-13. You could do that, you know. Mm. Like you, you could do a bunch of different product categories and just be kind of good at all of them. Yep. Um, and, and, and not like not saying they were bad, but you could still do great at all of them but not be the best in them because you're not focused. And yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I just didn't know, you know, and I probably could say I was a little stubborn. You know, I didn't listen. I didn't do any. What's your brand, mate? You own it. I know best. It's mine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I listen to people, but I just suppose I was just so passionate, like, and I still am, but yeah. I was my passion was just going into a bunch of areas. And, you know, we were in a ton of retail stores and in some majors, and in, when you're in those majors, like, hey, we want to buy this. And you're like, oh, okay, how many you buy? Oh, okay, you'll buy 800, 1,000. Okay, I'll make it. Where you're like, hang on, you never asked myself, was that, should have I made that product? Yeah, of course. Does it align with our mission and where we want to go? So then we were just, you know, not fell into a trap, but we were just making a ton of product. And it, um, 
and then yeah, I mean, then the transition was just a, an exciting journey, and I mean, yeah. So we're LKI, we're making every product under the sun, and have you got the first one of every product still? Uh, no, I don't. Did, did you keep I've one a, of everything? I got a lot of product. Um, I haven't kept one of everything, but we are starting to do a lot more now because yeah. it's starting to really take off. So, um, yeah, I've got a room with product and all the original stuff, original catalogs, first ever T-shirt. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of the product, a room. I haven't had time to even go through it. I think that'll be for maybe in 10 years' time. I'll just yeah, finally... Yeah. But uh, just the fact that you've got it there and like yeah, we don't have everything. is a memory. Like we don't have everything. Um, I'm sure that... You'll you find know. them. Yeah, I'll come yeah. Back to I might you. buy them back one day, right? Um, <laughs> so but, during this whole time, are you single through this whole period? No. So I'm, um, when when did you meet your uh, your my partner? wife yeah. uh, Ali? I met my wife Ali when I was we were just turned eighteen, so I wasn't even doing the brand then. So we met okay. when we just turned eighteen. So you're an apprentice chippy. Yeah, apprentice chippy. How'd you meet her? I think I was almost I was still first, just on th- almost end of my first year. Uh, how did we meet? Through a friend of mine. Okay. Uh, uh, through a friend of mine, and yeah, sh- we met. Somehow he gave me a number and we just started chatting and, you know, we were young. We're, she was partying, I was partying and we were having a bunch of fun. And, yeah, yeah we just started hanging out. Um, and then from there became great friends and, you know, got married. It was our seven-year anniversary just this week. Congratulations. Um, thanks. So, yeah. So we – it just became like – yeah, she didn't know what motorbikes were. She had no idea. She, I just dragged her along to the races. She was probably stoked because she, you know, she had something to do on a weekend because you know <laughs> she she did sports, a lot of sports. But at the time, it would just you know it was better than going to you know when you turn eighteen, you're excited. You want to go to the nightclubs. So so, but you're you're an eighteen year old kid making two hundred and forty bucks a week as a, a chippy. What was she doing? Oh yeah, look, and it's funny. Hey, I, I probably should, should probably get up me, but I made her pay for the <laughs> our first movie. Oh, did you? <laughs> no, well, no, she paid her ticket because uh, I was like. Like we went on a date, our first date, and she's like, oh, um, oh, I can pay. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, yep. <laughs> you know, I'm not thinking much of it. I'm probably a bit of an idiot. Maybe that's why we're still together. I don't know. But, yeah, it was uh, – I was like, well, I'm a, you know, I'm a first-year apprentice. But I was, I'm not a tight ass, but I was – What was yeah, she doing about What does she work as? Um, she actually works at the company uh, three days a week now. What did she do back then? Uh, oh, back then. Well, she'll probably hate me for doing it. I think she was working in a um, – she was in a sandwich shop back okay. then uh, after school, and then she worked in the in, in the council for in corporate procurement. So okay. for about maybe nine years, and yeah. then she's joined the company. So yeah, so it's been you know she, she it, uh, and I'm so really she's seen the whole journey, seen the whole journey from the struggles. That's pretty and, cool. Yeah, it's amazing, and I'm really thankful for that. She's and the been, fact she's still with you is even cool. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I'm, I've been married uh, twenty four years next week, and uh, congrats, she, bro. She's That's seen awesome. everything, and yeah. <laughs> like the good, the bad, and the really ugly. Yeah, and the fact that they're still there means. That yeah, it means a lot. Yeah, and um, yeah, she's been through a lot of tough times, you know, with, you know, when you're trying to grow a brand or a business alone, it's tough, you know, it's not an easy job. And what are we having for dinner tonight? Well, there's not much money there, love, so yeah. we'll have to make something up. Yeah, which you don't pay yourself. <laughs> and, you know, you, yeah, you, you know, that, that you go through all that, and, and um, which I think gives you that real appreciation. As it grows and gets bigger and bigger of and bigger, and, and and you know we got a, you know a team of at twenty five now, and it's starting to really grow, and it's like I have a real appreciation for wanting to build an amazing team of people and build something off a mission of inspiring people to chase the vibe through you know action sports, fitness, and adventure. I, I so think it's, it's really interesting. You mentioned earlier that, and you were pretty stubborn until you're probably around that thirty age, right? Yeah. I, I see life goes in cycles, usually seven to ten years, right? So as, as as you go, especially in business as well, yeah. As you get past that seven year mark, you know everything and everything's going fine. Then you realise, oh fuck, actually, if I had done that or I had done that, that would have been heaps better. I wouldn't have failed then, or I wouldn't yeah. have done whatever. And so at thirty, you're in your third cycle. You sit there and you yeah. go. 
oh, fuck, maybe if I listen to people or actually if I surround myself with people, I always do it now. I surround my – I'm the dumbest person in the room. Yeah, yeah. Always because – probably not because I've got all those people in the room. But, but yeah, I know, yeah. Those, so, yeah, those people exactly. in the room know that a lot better than me. Like yeah, they know how to design that hat a lot better than I do, right? But at the same time, because they're a designer. Yeah. I'm not a designer. I'm, yeah. a, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a hustler. I can I can make that happen, but I can't make that happen. So yeah, let's yeah. get the best bloke to do that. Yeah. Whereas when you're doing all this shit yourself, it's like, nah, fuck you. Yeah, they put that on there. That's going to look yeah. Oh, You know what I mean? Yeah, So I think as I, you get to that point, then you – and this is, what, three years ago for you. Yeah, well, yeah it might have been three. Maybe Is that the rebrand? What, how'd that happen? Why'd that what, happen? Oh, yeah. And I think I, when I look back on it, so – the rebrand was a real team effort from our entire business um, and the team that, you know, the, the, the team at like at the time that was there, and we still a bunch of them at, like, that are there. Some have gone off and gone to new, new chapters, yeah. which is exciting. Um, but yeah, the, the rebrand happened when, uh, so my team actually came up with, uh, came up with uh, Chase the Vibe and, um, and LSKD. So Dylan, our design manager, put LSKD, abbreviated it. It looked really nice as a lock up and I think it was like 2016. And we started- Why? I can't. I, it I has just, to be a re, like because you obviously you got a brand right, and with with uh, LKI, yeah, you're going alright. Oh, so the, so this, I mean, this is going back before we made the decision. So I'm going back to like where we made it on product. I was actually nervous, and Dylan actually left for 18 months. So he he left, and and then uh, and then ended up getting him back, and he joined the team again. So he yeah. went off, got it was obviously his first job, and he went off and got another job um, for two other companies, bigger companies, um, and then came, and then I got him back, and um, we ended up we just started. I, I mean, I was nervous to put it on product at the beginning because like the logo is LKI in 2016. Yeah. So we started testing it on product and we just put it on the product and then... What, th- LSKD? Yeah, yeah. And it locked up really nicely on the shirt yeah. or on products and we're like, this looks really nice because it's three, four words and we're like, the abbreviation look really nice. Um, and LSKD's loose kit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the abbreviation and, and we just... And we... um. I think it was in 2000 and September 2018 when we pulled the trigger and said, let's change the entire company. Let's rebrand and refresh the whole thing. And through that, there was about six months of discussions, probably longer. And, and I just started asking questions, to be honest. I said, I just want to dig deeper and learn about learn about building a brand from the ground up of how I would do it. You know, they said the 10-year apprenticeship, right? 100%. I want to learn how to build a brand from the ground up and do it out, and do it the way that I feel the brand should be stood for long-term for the next 10 to 15, 20 years. So Mm -hmm. I just kind of stripped the whole thing back. I got my team involved. I did some focus groups. I got ambassadors, people, our community, and started showing them both logos and said, hey, what do you like better? And everyone kept on LSKD. And I was like, okay, so it's not all about me. Like it's actually listening to our community. Um, And then just pretty much said, you know what, like let's do it. Like I, I literally was like, you know what, like we're all in, people love it. Let's just change the entire company. We didn't make a big deal about it. Was, just, was there a big put a bullet in the head day? Uh, first of and September. Then have a funeral. So first of September, uh, 2018 is when we decided to change the website over the URL over. Um, you know, there was a little bit of time lag with changing like swing tags and, yeah, and things like that. Um, but we already had a ton of LSKD already on product. There was just a little LKI logo, so yeah. we just said no more of that. And it was probably more to get really clear on. It was kind of starting to confuse people because, like, is that two brands? Yeah. And we could have kept both, but, I mean, I'll be honest, I just decided to go, let's be the best at one first. I love LKI. I love what that stood for. I love, you know, and it's still the similar messaging. It's just how we develop product now, how we, you know, our mission, you know, we want to stand for something. We don't just want to be a clothing up. brand. Yeah. It was, honestly, <laughs> I, I, really I, I, yeah, I was, you know, I was a young kid, yeah. you know, and, and I think, uh, you know, the last 
two years, or not even two years, have been amazing. And I mean, we decided to shut our wholesale business down and we're just purely uh, e-com, and, um, which has recently happened on the 1st of July, only well, two days ago. So. Congratulations. Thanks. So it's, um, it was a hard, hard decision being growing up in wholesale, you know, selling to retailers for so long. And I'm not going to say it was an easy decision. Yep. I mean, there wasn't... There wasn't uh, a lot of happy retailers, but it was a decision we made where we just wanted to really control the brand messaging uh, and make a clear decision of like everything we do revolves around our community and our, which is our customer. And we got to listen to them um, and design for them. You know, they're the most important out of this whole business. You know, my people at my team in house and our community are the two most important things in building a brand off a mission. So we're not just selling a commodity. We're trying yeah. to, when people buy something, we want them to feel what we feel as a brand. Like I love getting out and training mountain biking, like, you know, chasing the vibe. And I think that's something that, you know, I, I really started to look back on my childhood, what I grew up doing, you know, why I did what I did. Why did I do this? Why did I do this? We love going to music festivals, but we love racing. We love wearing product around that. I love training. I was like, let's, and then I got my team involved and asked them questions. We whiteboarded sessions out and I made them wanted them involved because sometimes they actually know a little more than you, you know, of you, course. You, you get quite passionate, but sometimes listening to them. And, and I mean, I read the blurb of your book just then. I didn't know you wrote a book, which yeah. is awesome, but you know, making mistakes. I mean, I made some serious critical mistakes that cost me six figures with a website mistake, you know, four or five years ago. And I think those things stem to actually going, okay, I need to as reach out. You learn from them, that's all that matters. It was the best thing that ever happened to me, you know, mm. and I think making mistakes and, and mistakes. And I think, uh, you know, we've got a, uh, a word that we use like foul forwards, you know, like yeah. we just, it's like, we've got to foul forwards and keep learning. We're not, even though we're doing some amazing things now, we're not perfect. And we've, you know, we are going to make mistakes. We've got to embrace it. We've got to learn. We're going to keep moving forward. So I think, and that's stuff that, you know, I talk in the office every single day about because we're not, you know, when you start to go through really rapid growth, yep. um, mistakes happen, you know, a lot more. And I think it's now we're trying to learn from that and go, okay, well, we got to learn from it quick, you know, and it's sometimes very minimal, but it's like what, what happened, how to happen, let's own it and let's move forward. Like, Lessons learned, mate. Around, what, like, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, when you start having big boy meetings. <laughs> that's yeah, what I yeah. like to call when you actually got your team in a room and the thing is it's like actually what went wrong, why did it go wrong, and then how do we fix that? Yeah, yeah. Not, Just get the you're facts. You're a fucking idiot. What have you done that for? Nah, like, nah. There's none of no that. time for that. <laughs> exactly, but it's really interesting because think back Back eight nine years ago. Oh, you dwell on shit for, you d- for hours. days. Yeah. yeah, and and that that affects your business. Whereas if you can actually sit there and look, this is not a witch hunt. I want to understand what's happened. Yeah. Okay, let's not do that again. And yeah. everyone in the room goes, oh, cool. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. As opposed to having to dwell over those things for hours. Yeah. We call it Embrace the Fail, which is what I, what yeah. I called my book. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was all about the fact that when I fail, I now embrace that and go, fuck, that was really cool. I understand why that happened. Let's not do that again. Yeah. And whereas in the past, I'd just keep doing it over and over and over again because you don't learn from those mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah? 100%. Whereas if you, can, if you can learn from them and bounce forward. Oh, 100%. All right. So LSKD or LKI, as you sit here right now, which one's bigger in your heart? LSKD. It is? Yeah. So it's overtaken. It's now oh, yeah, the future. Yeah. yeah, look, it is. And and, uh, and um, I love LKI. I love everything about it. I think it's the way we've shaped LSKD and the brand and the messaging. It's using all the learnings of LKI of what we love to do 
and still the same, it, you know, and I, and, I, and I really talk about it much because at first I was like, I don't want people to think, but I'm like, you know what? I need it's to embrace story, the story. And, and that's it's, the whole and thing. It's, it's the journey. And I really appreciate the journey. But yeah, look, LSKD, it's, it's, I mean, I'm very proud of the team and I'm very proud of what we're doing. I mean, um, you know, we've just launched our US online store, which, you know, where, you know, that, which is our month and a half in and it's going really well. Um, that's awesome. Do you know, we, you know, yeah, we've, you know, we just leased another warehouse next door um, to open up, cut a hole in the wall. You know, it's, it's going really well. And, and, you know, I'm very thankful to, you know, I think it's like, I really appreciate those times more than ever. And I share a lot with the team internally because I think it's, you know, to keep going to those next level, you know, when you start to call that word scale, um, everyone needs to be on board because you can't scale at a level that you want to scale to all the goals you might have unless, everyone feels a part of it and everyone is on that same well, way. The quickest way to kill a business is scale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless everyone's on the same and, and you make that happen. Exa- sure. Exactly. So it's, you know, it, it's uh, it's a constant conversation in the office we're all having because we're all like, you know, everyone's wowed by what's just happened in the last 12 months because we've seen this real shift in the brand and this real community of people, you know, buying into our brand and we really, you know, and I'm, I genuinely like, I, I've, you know, genuinely stoked, you know, and appreciate it because yeah. I think it's, you know, you pinch yourself, you're like, wow, like people really love what we're doing. Like we're really creating something special here for the future. And it's, pretty cool it's like, life. if we can create this Aussie brand and send it international and creates more jobs around the world. And, you know, we've been, you Especially know, we, in these times, I mean, we were at, yeah, I mean, we were able to hire, a, you know, a bunch of people through COVID that got made redundant, you know? And, and I think that was, you know, it was, you know, we, we saw. Makes you feel good, doesn't it? Oh yeah. You know, when, COVID hit, I think everyone freaked out and, you know, so did we. And I was like, wow, okay, well, you know, I think the main thing is no one loses their jobs right now, you know, and then to see the shift because we work so hard on e-commerce for, you know, for 18 months trying to understand it and to see the shift in e-commerce and the growth that I think a lot of business had on e-commerce, but we were already going through it, but to see it really come on strong because people had no choice and they went, oh, cool, I can buy from you guys online and it just grew so – it was just like, okay, wow, we've got something special here, guys. Like we've got a – you know, it's it it, it was already on that growth path, but it kind of went to that next level again. Um, So during all this time you've obviously had a baby as well. How many uh, kids have you got? I got one yeah. uh, and another another one that will be on the way. S- oh, how long? Are you allowed to say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 December, so, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, so one, he's t- Hendrix has uh, just turned two, I think, four months. So, so during this whole changeover, oh, yeah, you then had a baby crazy. in the middle of it. Yeah, 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 dealing with that. <laughs> That's pretty with, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's been, I suppose, yeah, it's been crazy. It's, so he's it's a son a of LSKD now. <laughs> yeah, and he loves riding his bike and I'm nervous. I'm like, oh, don't race bikes. We'll, just, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go surf, we'll ride, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do snowboard trips. But, yeah, yeah, look, it has, and, and, and it has and it has been a blur, um, you know, it is, it's a ride. And I, and I, and I think, you know, I think the next part of the journey for the brand is going to be another ride, but it's like really enjoying that. I, yeah. th- I think something I said to myself a couple of years ago was I really want to have fun in it. I'm, I'm you know, I kind of went too serious and I was mm-hmm. like, I actually want to enjoy this journey with my team and people. Cause in 10 years time or 15, 20, we can look back and go, look at the careers we created for people. Like, yeah. and I say it to, you know, to my team a lot, I'm like, Hey, like, yeah, we, we send this Aussie brand globally and what we're doing, it it helps everyone's careers grow, you know, including myself as the founder, CEO. Yes, that helps my role. Great. But imagine what it can do for everyone else in the business that joins oh, yeah. and their growth that they can do and where that could help their futures go on to, whether it's they start their own thing, whether they go to another company in the future, that happens, right? You've got to oh, be honest course, with it. Of course, and you embrace that too. But how do we help that journey for them? You know, we might, you know, we, we, we definitely, uh, we're definitely all, you know, hustling hard and, you know, and, and trying to create a really amazing culture around Chase the Vibe and internally to push out externally. But when you, 
you know, knowing that as well is a big part of the drive to go, well, it's, you know, growing my career and it's growing everyone else's that's around me internally too, so. So you say chase the vibe. If you had to explain what the vibe was in 10 seconds, what would it be? Oh, it can be anything. Love it. I mean, anything really, you know, there's a lot of areas you can chase the vibes. So we, we class it as action sports, fitness and adventure mm-hmm. through those things and the product we develop around that with street and sportswear. But yeah, it can be anything. So previously in LKI, you did everything, right? You created everything from rashies through to all that different stuff, right? Yeah. Now what's LSKD do? So we make streetwear and sportswear. And what's streetwear? So our streetwear product is like box fit hoodies, you know, oversized box fit tees. Then we have like our standard fit tees down to, you know, we do uh, a men's denim and then how it's, you know, you can, I mean, athleisure, which you, if you want to call it street and sports, are really athleisure, t- I like that. If people call it. Yeah. It really ties in together. But with our sportswear, we really develop in sportswear, especially with our women's leggings and our men's like rep shorts and rep tights for women's. It's a real focus on technicality around the product, how it's worn. Mm-hmm. So everything we do is around how they wear it. So they wear it from they can wear it from a high functional workout training, but also wear it going for a walk yeah. or to coffee. So it's kind of has that you know people are wearing a pair of tights, you know, with a pair of you know just a, a pair of normal you know say fans shoes yeah. and a box fit tee, but then they'll also wear it with a pair of runners and go training. So yeah. it's a real cross pollination of how we develop through street and sportswear. Um, you know, it, it, everything has that element of sportswear around it, but that street look. Yeah. So yeah, if that's as quick as I could explain No, no, no that's good. That, that's good. So the future of uh, LSKD is what? That? Continuing that? Yeah. So staying focused on that, uh, you know, and everything aligning, every every decision we make or question we ask is how does it inspire people to chase the vibe? And every decision we make through the team um, is trying to keep that message in line. I love what it. we do. So, yeah. I love it. Okay, mate. I always like to finish my podcast with some quick fire questions. Great. Okay. I'll be quick. What's your greatest achievement in life? Having a family. Favorite food? Uh, eating lunch at San Coco, breakfast at San Coco Cafe. <laughs> I eat no, there a lot. no free ads, but that's fine. No, I Favorite song? Uh, eggs on toast. <laughs> Favorite song? Oh, it depends what Hendrix likes. Uh, we 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 be, we've been listening to a bit of everything. Uh, a bit of Wiggles. <laughs> no, nah, he he likes Fisher and he likes Hayden James. So we listen to a lot of Hayden James, a lot yeah. of Fisher. Uh, we've been listening to that Red Light Green Light song. Um, yeah, he, he he loves that stuff. So yeah, we listen to a lot of that. It depends what he likes and what mood he's in. But okay. yeah, we just roll. So it's all sp- about him, though. We roll a Spotify list when we're cruising. Yeah. Loving it. Favorite place in the world. Oh, I definitely appreciate our country, um, Australia. Definitely, I think more than ever now with what's happened. Um, but favorite place I love to travel. I've loved, I definitely um, have been to Hawaii a couple of times, and I love that. I love and, and hiking that stairway to heaven was epic. So yeah, I love that place. What's next for Jason Daniels? Oh, good question. Uh, staying focused on what we're doing with the brand. You know, that's the the biggest thing. The you know, staying. how hard is that for you? Because obviously your brain works similar to mine, like a million miles an hour and you've got to be doing something all the time and all that. How hard is it to focus? Uh, a lot easier now, I think. Um, you know, I, I, you know I, I think for me it's about seeing this really succeed as a brand and just staying focused. I've got so many ideas, you know. I've got so many ideas, so many things I want to achieve, but I'm like if I can be the best at one thing, other opportunities happen anyway and yeah. I want to create a brand that is around for long term and I feel like we've found something very special that – has such a global opportunity, and I mean, we're already reaching a lot of people around the world, but mm-hmm. and and selling around the world. But it's you know to 
to see our Australian brand go around the world and work with different people and, you know, I think is the, you know, is, is super special, but yeah, look, I'm just, it's 110% focused on that. It's not going off track. It's staying super focused on that. And, you know, and I mean, I, don't, I actually don't have time to really think about other things at the moment, you know, mate, that's so. awesome. Well, mate, I'm really proud of you as yeah, an thanks, Aussie, man. as a local bloke that's actually gone out there and had a real good crack at life. And at yeah, the same thanks. time, you're now providing to the rest of the world. That's awesome. So as far yeah. as I'm concerned, you're an awesome human. Thanks, brother. Thank you Appreciate so much. It. Thanks for your time. Excellent. Thanks, Legend. What an amazing human. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope that you enjoy the rest of the Podfire podcast. And I really hope that you enjoyed Awesome Humans. Reach out to us on Podfire and all the social media channels, as well as PJ Macker, uh, to reach out to me personally. Have a great day.